Mark Zuckerberg told The New Yorker the news source he definitely follows is TechMeme. So listen to the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast, the podcast anyone who's anyone in Silicon Valley listens to every day. In just 15 to 20 minutes, you get a rundown of what happened in the world of tech with all the headlines, context, commentaries, and tweets from all the biggest players. New episodes every day at 5 p.m. Eastern. Search your favorite podcast app for Ride Home and subscribe to the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast. Tired of spending hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Zenni offers thousands of affordable eyewear styles, starting at just $6.95. No ridiculous markups, no hassles, just quality, affordable eyewear delivered right to you. Visit Zenni today at zenni.com slash CNN. Good evening. What seemed this morning to be a foregone conclusion is now anyone's guess. That's how drastically the Brett Kavanaugh Supreme Court confirmation story has changed from sun up to sunset, and the news is still breaking at this hour. This morning, Republicans on the Senate Judiciary Committee looked ready to move quickly on the nomination. No delay, they said. No FBI investigation. Yesterday's hearings were enough, they said. They'd given Christine Blasey Ford a chance to be heard, they said. Time now to vote. And the one Republican on the committee who was thought to be undecided, Jeff Flake, said he would vote to confirm Judge Kavanaugh. Well, that news hit at about 9.25 or 9.26 a.m. Then, at 9.31, leaving this op- his office on his way to the committee vote, this happened. Take a look. I have two children. I cannot imagine that for the next 50 years they will have to have someone in the Supreme Court who has been accused of violating a young girl. What are you doing, sir? Well, she was one of two women who confronted uh, Senator Flake on live television in a Capitol elevator about their experiences as survivors of sexual assault. Uh, She joins us momentarily, and we're going to show you more of that confrontation. Not long after that occurred, by the elevator, things began to shift. Senator Flake was seen huddling with Democratic committee member Chris Coons of Delaware. Then the committee vote was delayed. Senator Flake and other lawmakers were then seen walking in and out of the hearing room, talking, negotiating, and then everything changed. I can only say uh, that I would be only comfortable moving forward on the floor. I'll move it out of committee. But I will only be comfortable moving on the floor until the FBI has done more investigation than they have already. Um, It may not take them a week. Uh, I I understand that some of these witnesses may not want to discuss anything further. But I think we owe them due diligence. And so there it was. Republican Senator Jeff Flake suddenly calling for the FBI to investigate more. His call followed then by Alaska Republican Lisa Murkowski and Red State Democrat Joe Manchin of West Virginia, then Republican Susan Collins of Maine, all suddenly calling for an FBI probe. By day's end, it was a done deal. A week-long background check on Judge Kavanaugh, limited in scope, and starting today in our breaking news, a source telling us that the president is blaming Senator Flake and Democrats for the delay. So was that elevator confrontation instrumental in Senator Flake's surprising decision? He was asked about it. Here's what he said. Did the protesters that you encountered play a role at all? I, I think everything that, uh, that I've seen and viewed and experienced in the last couple of weeks has had an impact. Um, but uh, so it's, it's, it's been everything. Everything, he says, which today included pressure from constituents, some of whom crowded offices and jammed phone lines. There were also obviously political considerations as well as practical or moral ones. Whatever the case, what is clear tonight is how drastically things appear to have changed in the space of a day or in President Trump's case since he said this on Wednesday about Democrats in the process. 
They're actually con artists because they know how quality this man is, and they've destroyed a man's reputation, and they want to destroy it even more. And I think people are going to see that in the midterms, what they've done to this family, what they've done to these children, these beautiful children of his, and what they've done to his wife. And they know it's a big, fat con job. So that was Wednesday. Now, last week, the president rejected any idea that he would request the FBI reopen their background investigation of Judge Kavanaugh. And even as recently as last evening, as the testimony ended, the president was still rhetorically all in on Kavanaugh, tweeting, Judge Kavanaugh showed America exactly why I nominated him. His testimony was powerful, honest and riveting. Democrats search and destroy strategy is disgraceful. And this process has been a total sham, an effort to delay, obstruct and resist. The Senate must vote. Now, listen to the president's tone this afternoon with the president of Chile talking about the very same hearing. He called Professor Ford a very fine woman and went on to say this of Judge Kavanaugh's testimony and Professor Ford. It was incredible. It was an incredible moment, I think, in the history of our country. But certainly she was a uh, very credible witness. She was uh, very good in many respects. And I think that... uh, I don't know if this is going to continue onward or are we going to get a vote. But uh, again, I'm I'm here, so I'm not out there watching because I can't be out of great respect, although maybe we'll go watch together. Okay, we'll watch together. But I think uh, it will work out very well for the country. I just want it to work out well for the country. If that happens, I'm happy. So the president went from con job to credible witness. And I just want it to work out well for the country. Now, the president wasn't the only one with a seemingly new approach. Here's Lindsey Graham yesterday attacking committee Democrats over the notion of an FBI probe. If you wanted an FBI investigation, you could have come to us. What you want to do is destroy this guy's life, hold this seat open, and hope you win in 2020. You've said that, not me. You've got nothing to apologize for. When you see Sotomayor and Kagan, tell them that Lindsey said hello, because I voted for them. I would never do to them what you've done to this guy. This is the most unethical sham since I've been in politics. And if you really wanted to know the truth, you sure as hell wouldn't have done what you've done to this guy. Well, this morning, before Senator Flake's flip, Senator Graham said this. Since the allegation came forward, it's been a complete twilight zone moment. At the end of the day, she couldn't tell us how she got there, got home. Women need to be heard. There needs to be a process to protect anybody accused of a crime. And this madness needs to stop. Then soon after that, right after Senator Flake's announcement, the madness, as Senator Graham called it, turned to some mutual understanding. Last time I looked, you need 50 votes. Well, all I can say is that right now, uh, what Jeff is saying is in the uh, is is makes but, sense to so me. Do you think that Murkowski I don't know. I'm not speaking for Mitch. I'm not. I'm just. I'm, I'm going to talk yeah, with Jeff, and somebody's got to explain this to Trump. So, I guess that'll be my job. If it's going to take this huh? If it's going to take this, if I'm nothing, I'm practical. So whether it was Jeff Flake's uh, change or pressure or a change of heart or the simple arithmetic of vote counting or something as yet unexplained, one by one, GOP lawmakers began embracing the prospect of what the White House is now calling a supplemental investigation of Judge Kavanaugh. Committee member Orrin Hatch said he had no problem with it. Ted Cruz got on board. 
whatever was in the air today in Washington, the atmosphere changed, and so has the story. Because what happened between Senator Flake on that elevator is one of those rare instances when a story's emotional center of gravity seemed to shift right before our eyes, I just want to show you more of the moment. Now, the first woman you'll hear is uh, Anna Maria, Anna, uh, Maria Archila. I'm going to speak with her in just a moment. You'll also hear from Maria Gallagher. Uh, Ms. Archila is the co-executive director of a left-leaning advocacy group called the Center for Popular Democracy. Ms. Gallagher is a recent college graduate. They were among a larger group of protesters uh, who'd been outside Senator Flake's office. What you are doing is allowing someone who actually violated a woman to sit in the Supreme Court. This is not tolerable. You have children in your family. Think about them. I have two children. I cannot imagine that for the next 50 years, they will have to have someone in the Supreme Court who has been accused of violating a young girl. What are you doing, sir? I was sexually assaulted and nobody believed me. I didn't tell anyone, and you're telling all women that they don't matter. Look at me when I'm talking to you, and you're telling me that my assault doesn't matter, that what happened to me doesn't matter, and that you're going to let people who do these things into power. That's what you're telling me when you vote for him. Don't look away from me. Look at me and tell me that it doesn't matter what happened to me. Ana Maria Archila joins us now. Thanks so much for being with us. I'm wondering when you made the decision to confront Senator Flake. And at that point, were you aware of his intention to confirm uh, Judge Kavanaugh? I've been coming to the Capitol for the last several weeks to protest the nomination of Judge Kavanaugh because um, I believe he's dangerous for our country. He's dangerous for the rights of women to choose what we do with our bodies, dangerous to our health care. And a few days ago, I stood in front of his office and told for the first time, my own story of sexual um, violence uh, when I was a child, as a five-year-old. And it was an incredibly painful moment. I did it in, because I felt like the country needs to hear these stories. I did it in solidarity with Dr. Ford. Um, and I did it to protect my children. And today I went back to his office, you know, around 8.30 in the morning with Maria, who I had just met, um, in the hopes that maybe we could talk to him. Right before we saw him, we saw the announcement from his office that he was getting ready to vote for uh, Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. So both of us were just enraged. And all the emotions that we have been holding for the last several weeks came out pouring. My demand of him to think of his children and think of my children, her demand of him to listen to her story and tell her whether her story matters and whether he's okay putting someone that has violated women in the Supreme Court. When you were uh, in, in that moment, I mean, did you know what you wanted to say? Had you thought about it beforehand? I'm wondering what you saw of the reaction from, from Senator Flake. It's one thing for us to see it on television. You're looking at him, trying to look at him in the eye. I mean, honestly, I had literally just read the headlines of his statement. And I we saw him running to the elevator and we ran behind him. It was a very kind of intense moment of really wanting to talk to him. Um, I was not really prepared even for my own emotions. Um, but I felt like he really needed to hear. Like he needed to understand that women feel incredibly enraged about the thought of our stories, of our experiences of surviving sexual violence being dismissed, laughed at, uh, disbelieved. Um, And I think 
we, I just felt a great sense of urgency. Did and you feel I think he was I listening? saw in his face that yeah. he could not escape the emotion. Did, did um, you, you felt like he was listening to you? Did you feel like he w- wanted to kind of hope the elevator doors closed? Did you think he wanted to stay longer? What, what was your impression? Oh, no, no, no. He wanted that those elevators doors to close and that conversation to end. And I wanted of him to really stay there and be present and think of the people he loves, think of his children. And I wanted him to be a hero, to show up for his children, for my children, for myself, for Maria, for the women that have been telling our stories, and to vote with his conscience. And um, I wanted him to... I I had gone to his office because I thought he might. He might be um, willing to take a step that was beyond you know, the kind of the desire of his party. Um, and and I think he was moved, but not just by our story. He, he actually was moved by the stories and the actions of women and people that have been coming to, to D.C. For, for weeks, people from the Women's March, uh, people from organizations like Ultraviolet and other, and people who have just shown up. Um, I think that he has an opportunity to show the kind of leadership that we all deserve, um, to really think of what justice is. Justice, the way that justice works is that we recognize harm, um, we take responsibility for that harm, and only then we begin to repair it. And I don't think Brett Kavanaugh is able to take responsibility for his actions, therefore he should not have the power to take responsibility and the to, for the actions of the country. When you learned that uh, he was calling for an FBI investigation as a condition for his vote, what went through your mind? I mean, did you feel a sense of victory? Do you feel like what you said, I know you said, uh, he said it was a lot of things and you said it, it probably was as well. Do you feel like mm-hmm. what you did made a difference? I think if it had been just one story, my story and Maria's story, it would not have made a difference. It was the fact that it was thousands of people, thousands of stories, and Dr. Ford herself um, And I felt a sense of relief and a sense of possibility. I was reminded that it is through um, kind of us standing for ourselves, for our lives, for the lives of others, that we make change in this country. And I think that he has an opportunity to show that he uh, appreciates the efforts and the courage of people who are stepping up Mm. um, and to stand up and be a hero. I think Susan Susan Collins from Maine has the same opportunity. Um, uh, Senator Murkowski from Alaska has the same opportunity. And I hope they take these moments seriously and think about the next 50 years. Uh, Ana, uh, thank you very much for for talking with us. Ana Maria uh, Archila, appreciate it. More now on all of this, how it might work, including some still outstanding uh, questions that could be very important. Our chief political correspondent, Dana Bash, joins us. So does CNN senior political analyst, David Gergen, and CNN chief legal analyst, Jeffrey Tubin. Dana, what do we know about the scope of the investigation? Will the other investi- uh, allegations beyond Professor Ford's be investigated? And who decides? Is it the FBI, the White House? Who? I've been doing some reporting on that this evening, along with our Ariane DeVogue. And here's what I can tell you. First, in the Senate Judiciary Statement, released earlier today, it says that the FBI should investigate current credible allegations and that that was a term that was specifically asked for and negotiated by the three Republican senators that you have been talking about, the key votes, Senator Jeff Flake, Susan Collins and Murkowski, that as part of this limited scope in time, they also wanted to limit the scope of the allegations. So 
it, it certainly is focused on Professor Ford and the allegations there, but not limited to that. And I think some of that is going to be at the discretion of the FBI. But the point is, at least according to the private discussions, if somebody comes out tomorrow or the next day, it will be not within the scope of the FBI's current mandate. You know, it's interesting, Dana, I was thinking about this earlier. I, I was actually in the, uh, the freshman class at Yale with Christopher Ray, who's now the FBI director. He and mm-hmm. I were friends. We were on the same team. Um, and so we were just, I think, two or three years behind Brett Kavanaugh. I, I certainly didn't know uh, Brett Kavanaugh then. Uh, I don't know if Christopher Ray did. But it is, it's interesting that you now have an FBI director uh, who was at the same university around, you know, the same time. Mm-hmm. Again, have no idea if they, and, they ever actually met. And, and just to sort of add to that, Senator Chris Coons, uh, who today had that private conversation, the pivotal conversation with Jeff Flake uh, behind the dais in the Judiciary Committee, was also at Yale uh, around the same time. did not know that. Well, <laughs> I'm wondering what you're hearing, Dana, from Republican sources tonight. How are they feeling about this FBI investigation? Uh, did they have a choice? If, I mean, no. No. No choice. Anxious frustrated, um, exasperated. I think that's those are probably just the beginning of the adjectives to use to describe the Republican leadership and, of course, the White House as well. Mitch McConnell did not want to do this. He had absolutely no choice because he didn't have the votes, plain and simple. Um, he made clear behind closed doors to, in this meeting this afternoon when this deal was, was struck, to these Republican senators that what you are going to do here, what you are demanding here, will not, in his view, be satisfying to you. Because he, does, he said, you're not going to get the answers that you're looking for. But from the perspective of these Republican senators, they did not feel good enough to get to yes without having this investigation. And it's as simple as that. Can I ask Dana yeah. a question? Dana, one thing I don't understand about this, and I, I've seen con- conflicting stories. Does this mean that the, the FBI investigation ends a week from today or mm-hmm. there is a vote on Kavanaugh a week from today? I asked that very question just before coming on. What I was told by a senior leadership source is that the agreement was, it's a gentleman's agreement, there are no votes or anything, is a woman agreement, is that the, they agreed that the vote uh, will happen no later than a week from today. So wow. if the FBI investigation is done earlier then there could be a vote earlier, but no, no later than a week from today. That's what they agreed to. Jeff, I want to ask you, you had some tough words for, uh, for Senator Flake uh, this morning before the deal. I'm wondering what you make of All week I had tough yes, words uh, for, Je- yeah. for Jeff Flake. Not and, a profile in courage, I believe. Was I, I, and time for me to eat crow. I was wrong. Jeff Flake changed history. I mean, no, and it was him. It was him alone who did this. Uh, it wasn't Murkowski. It wasn't Collins. And, you know, I've was critical of him for big talk, little action. Um, Brett Kavanaugh may yet well be, may be confirmed. Right. But if it wasn't for what Flake did today, he would be confirmed tomorrow. And as, as Dana was just saying, it'll be Friday if it's, if it's at all. And, and I just think, you know, it, it is rare when individual senators step up to like this and individually change history. And that's what he did. And, you know, hats off to him. David, I mean, if the week-long clock runs out and the FBI isn't done I- investigating, I mean, Dana says, uh, you know, the, the agreement is, is there will be a vote. Do you, do you think that would happen or do you think they would try to continue the FBI investigation longer? 
No, I think they'll shut it down after a week. Uh, they're, they're, they're pretty rigid about that, I'm sure. Uh, but I want to say, I, Republican leaders who are unhappy tonight, one day will thank Jeff Flake. Uh, he pulled them, along with Chris Coons, pulled them back from the brink of what would be what would have become the most divisive vote in contemporary history. Taking an extra week to look at this, satisfying the, re- the Democratic demands to get to the closer to the bottom of this, uh, really t- changes the dynamics and makes it easier if there's nothing there then it also makes it easier for Judge Kavanaugh to vote on Judge Kavanaugh and send him to the court for those who are disposed to do that. But the real credit here belongs to Dr. Ford and to all the American women who are speaking up. The coming week is going to be featuring not just this investigation, but hearing from the voice of the people. And that voice changed Jeff Flake's mind. It's going to have an enormous impact in the days ahead. Hmm. But but what if they... Vote to confirm him. And all those women are to said, oh, the hell with you. Uh, it may well happen that way. We, but listen, it was incredibly important not to totally ram this thing through. The Republicans were about to do one of the worst things you can do in American politics, and that is be completely dismissive of millions and millions of voters uh, and, have, and, and at least opening the door. And I think Flake deserves a lot of credit yeah. for that. But it, had it not been for those women in that elevator today... Would we be here tonight? No. I don't and, think and so. And as you said, Professor Ford, certainly. Uh, David Gergen, uh, Dennis yeah. Jeff Tubin, thank you. Coming up next, New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand's take on the hearings and today's stunning developments. Tired of spending hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Our friends at Zenni Optical offer a huge variety of high-quality, stylish frames and state-of-the-art optics starting at just $6.95. You can get multiple frames with this great pricing for less than one pair elsewhere. Start building your eyewear wardrobe from the comfort of your own home at Zenni.com. With the latest trends in eyewear, available in hundreds of frame styles and materials, there isn't a better way to change it up for every season. Plus, Zenni offers prescription sunglasses at incredible prices. Visit Zenny today at zenny.com slash CNN. That's Z-E-N-N-I dot com slash CNN. Well, the breaking news tonight, President Trump may be going along with it, but a source tells us he is blaming Arizona a Republican Senator Jeff Flake and Democrats for delaying the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh. Earlier tonight, I spoke about this uh, day with New York Democratic Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. Senator, from the way the day started, would you have ever expected it would end with an FBI investigation into these allegations? Well, you know, interestingly, uh, I'm not surprised because I think what Dr. Blasey Ford accomplished yesterday was really important. Uh, She told her truth and she had so much courage and so much determination and was so honest. I mean, you could just see it coming out of her, the honesty and and integrity of her testimony. And I think it inspired a lot of people. And for a lot of women, uh, it was the moment when they were being represented, too. She stood for all of us. She stood for millions of women all across this country who have suffered through trauma and then perhaps not listened to and not believed. And she spoke for all of us. So I'm not surprised that the power of the the Me Too moment uh, is this affecting the fact that senators listened and some of them listened to the degree that they actually now want an FBI investigation. What I mean, the change in tone, though, from, you know, uh, the end of yesterday Mm. to today, not only from the president of the United States, but also Republicans on the committee, Senator Lindsey Graham. I mean, you talked about uh, Professor Ford's testimony. Do you think it was just that? Because certainly after Judge Kavanaugh testified, uh, Republicans uh, were very much behind what, what he had to say. 
how much of it was Dr. Ford's actual testimony and how much was perhaps response uh, from women and others today that uh, people calling into Senate offices, uh, emailing and the like? Uh, I think it's both, actually. I think Dr. Ford's testimony was so profound and so um, inspiring. I think that she showed such courage that people really see her as a hero. Even this morning, you know, when I was bringing my son to school, a teacher came up to me in tears, uh, tears because she was so worried, like, where is our country going? And what's interesting about this Me Too moment is that women are taking that fear, taking that anger, and they are speaking out. They are speaking their own truths and fighting back. And I think it did result, as you said, in millions of women speaking out, calling their members of Congress, calling their senators to be heard. It, it is. I mean, uh, Kirsten Powers and others on our air last night were saying, you know, if, if Professor Ford had come out and, you know, cried in the way that, that Judge Kavanaugh did and yelled and, and raised her voice in the way that, that he did and not answered questions that the, the Republicans on the committee, at the very least, and many people may be watching at home, would, uh, would have viewed her very differently. It's a double standard, essentially. Do you believe that? Uh, yes, I do. Um, I think what you saw in Dr. Ford was an inspiring testimony from the heart. Um, I cried during her testimony. It emotionally moved me. I couldn't even see her face. But every word out of her mouth, was you could see it was painful. It was obvious that she was speaking the truth, that it was coming from her heart, that it was painful, and that she suffered because of how... Um, Judge Kavanaugh treated her in high school. And so there was a huge difference between the way she came to the committee hearing as wanting to be helpful, wanting to be forthright. There was a righteousness behind her words. I did not see any of that um, out of Judge Kavanaugh. There was a huge difference. And it's one of the things that this moment is about. This, this is a larger moment about uh, this this the fact that there's so much um, institutional power that these very powerful men have, and then they do not want to let that go. And I think that's why women are not taking this laying down. They are standing up. They are speaking out. They are speaking their own truths. They are wanting to be heard, and they're not going to let this moment pass without being heard. Just finally, I mean, you talked about the teacher at your child's school wondering about where the country is going. A lot of people were asking what message yesterday's event sent to survivors of sexual assault. I'm wondering what message you think today's events sends to them. So last night, um, I was depleted. I was gutted. There was a fear that the country hadn't gotten better and that nothing has changed, that those in power are refusing to meet this moment with integrity and honesty. And, and I felt that way. I felt like I can't believe we are where we were in 1991. And that's what the tears of the teacher were about, that is anyone going to stop this train wreck from happening? And I just looked at her. I said, we are not going to give up. We are going to keep fighting. And I think a lot of women, women woke up this morning and said, this is not over. Our voices do matter. Our stories do matter. And we are going to take the courage of Dr. Blasey Ford and project it because she spoke for all of us. And I think that is the larger moment. So today is the day of hope that it is not over and that we are going to keep speaking out and demand more from these male, powerful elected leaders, particularly of the Republican Party, who are unwilling to realize that women's voices do matter. Senator Gillibrand, I appreciate your time. Thank you. We're going to dig deeper on the political fallout from all of this. Van Jones, uh, Rick Santorum, and Kirsten Powers join us ahead. Remember, to create an ad like this one, visit purewinning.com slash CNN. 
So the vote on Judge uh, Brett Kavanaugh is now set for no later than a week from today. That's what our Dana Bash just reported. The FBI has that long to investigate. We're told it's limited in scope as well as time. And as that's going on, the impact of this story is registering, uh, registering on voters. Joining us now is Van Jones, host of the aptly named Van Jones Show here on CNN. Also CNN senior political commentator and former Republican presidential candidate and Senator Rick Santorum and CNN political analyst Kirsten Powers. Kirsten, does this FBI investigation alleviate some of the concerns that you had last night about this process? Yes. Yes, but. So I think that I'm very happy to hear that they're going to be doing an FBI investigation. I would like it a lot better if they had asked the FBI or would ask the FBI how much time they need to do this investigation. Just saying we're going to do this and put an arbitrary time limit on it, I don't think makes me feel like this is a completely serious investigation. It, It could it could be a shorter investigation than this. I don't really know, but I'd like to hear from the FBI how much time they need, and then they should be given the time that they need to do a thorough investigation. Van, I mean, we also don't really know how many FBI agents would be tasked with this, how big a s- scope they have, yeah. who they plan on talking to. Look, this all sounds really good. You know, oh, well, we'll just give them a week and then we're going to go vote. We don't know what's going to happen. And if you think that you saw a big change based on a powerful testimony on one day, wait until these FBI agents come back with whatever they find. There could be a vote on Tuesday or there could never be a vote at all. So everybody can go to bed tonight and feel like this thing is all wrapped up and tidy. This thing just got blown completely wide open. We have no idea what's going to happen. And that's appropriate when you have these kinds of charges. Uh, The FBI is going to start doing its job. And those senators are going to look down the same barrel uh, again and somebody's going to blink again if, in fact, there's a need for a, an extension of this investigation. Senator Santorum, uh, yesterday, Judge Kavanaugh, uh, you know, in his testimony, was saying, well, look, the, the FBI is not going to come to any conclusions. They're going to submit 302s. They're going to do interviews uh, and just submit them. How do you see this? Uh, what, what has changed? How do you see this FBI investigation? Well, I, I disagree with with uh, with some of what's been said. I mean, I think this investigation will be a thorough. I, I what I've been told, it's beginning already. It's going to be very, very aggressive. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be contacted when they say it's limited. I really don't see how it could be limited, to be honest with you. I mean, they're going to go out and talk to uh, to people that were his classmates at Yale and classmates and other folks that he knew at uh, at, at Georgetown Prep and in the Washington, D.C. area. And they're going to ask him about the things that actually pertain to all three uh, allegations that are out there. They're going to ask him about his his drinking. They're going to ask him about uh, his, uh, you know, his 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 overall demeanor and and things that, uh, you know, his, his sexual, uh, you know, relationships with others. I mean, they're going to dig in. Even if it's just, quote, limited to the one charge, it's not limited because the, the you know, the, the, the same types of things that are being discussed elsewhere. So, no, I, I really don't see this as a limited limited to. Yes. I mean, they're not going to go out there and pursue whether he committed academic fraud or something like that. They're going to look at the charges that are before them. And and they're, it's going to be, I think, rather exhaustive. And and I don't think it frankly, I don't think it'll take seven days. I mean, it's a fairly limited universe of people here. Everybody is sort of on alert. I mean, nobody, anybody watching the news knows you're going to be in contact with the FBI and be available to them. So I actually think this will go relatively quickly. Kirsten, do you think um, uh, when you saw Senator Flake making this announcement, I mean, obviously, it seemed like everyone was pretty much uh, surprised, certainly people who weren't in in that room. Um, Do you think the Republicans had any other choice but to go along with him? 
No, I mean, I, I think, well, because he's not just speaking for himself. He's speaking for other senators who have questions about this and who aren't going to vote without this FBI investigation. So the, the Republicans had to go along with it. And, you know, and, 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 you know, Rick may be right. This may take less time. It may only take seven days. My point is merely you just need to ask the FBI what they need. You, you coming up with this arbitrary seven day, you know, thing is a, is a political move. It's not some, it's not a let's, just give the FBI the time that they need. And so I'd rather hear from the FBI about what they need and give them what they need. I, 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 that's just the way I think this should be conducted. Then it, it, we don't know also who would, if they, whatever they submit, if the public will ever see what they submit. But there's a lot of questions, but I think the one, one thing got answered this week. There are two superpowers in American politics. One is Donald Trump and the other, the voice of women. And they have been in this back and forth from the time he came down the escalator and, 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 and said, he, you know, I'd grab him by the whatever and all that, that whole year of him being more and more insulting toward women. Women have been trying to fight back. And today was the first time you saw a break in the power of Donald Trump in the face of women's voices. Women, one woman testified and other women were I and mean, that capital was full of people, full of people. It wasn't just that elevator. And the power of women's voices broke the power of Donald Trump to control this process. And I think that power is only, only, only going to grow. Senator, do you, do you agree with, with Van's kind of assessment uh, that, that it's the power of women on this? I don't think any question that uh, Dr. Ford uh, gave very compelling testimonies that, that, that you know, rose, uh, raised a lot of concerns in people. Uh, obviously, Senator Collins, Senator McCaskey, but I think others. Look, I, I actually think this has actually worked out very well for Republicans. I, I, I know that people say, well, you know, McConnell's upset. And I said, I can tell you, as, a, as someone who sat in that caucus uh, and, and was a solid, would, be, would have been a solid vote for Judge Kavanaugh, uh, I, I actually feel uh, pretty good that we're doing this investigation because I think it just serves Judge Kavanaugh better. I mean, to have to have this cloud of looking like his nomination got pushed through by a bunch of folks who at least it's been a, it's been alleged don't want to hear the truth. I don't think that's true. I think the committee did actually a very good investigation here. But again, the idea that it's been put up and, and I think accepted by a broad number of people that we need an FDI investigation in spite of what Joe Biden said years ago and other people have said and what Judge Kavanaugh and others said about that these are not dispositive uh, investigations as to looking for you know uh, any kind of criminality or any kind of conclusion. The reality is the perception is out there and it's not good for Judge Kavanaugh. And but, so I'm I'm actually hopeful that uh, that that this is done is done well, that that it is made available to people to show that it was done well. And then we can move on. Senator, though, if, if it's good for Judge Kavanaugh, how come Judge Kavanaugh refused to actually say exactly. he would like an FBI because, investigation? And, and it was Professor Ford actually, saying she would like an FBI. Again, investigation. as someone who was in the Republican leadership and actually has dealt with these types of things, you, you, when, when Democrats are demanding, in fact, Democrats who are never going to vote for anything you want are demanding something, you don't, you don't say yes. Why? Because your job is to move this process through and get the votes you need to be able to win. And, and it's only when people who are important for your vote, who want something, you have to have some. If you gave this to the Democrats, then, the, then, then there'd be the next thing you'd have to what give, about, which may or may not be a good so, idea. So, so this what? is all part of the process, and it's ugly, and it's sausage, and I know people don't like it, what about but it's finding part of that truth? process. Right. I'm mean, for a judge... <laughs> yeah, getting isn't to the a truth is important, but, but, isn't but a judge, getting this process done is also important. Right, but for the judge, shouldn't it be about the truth as opposed to making sure he gets... He's not nominated. in control of the but process. That's my point. That's but, not but his the, job. But the okay. point is, I mean, now you're saying this is so 
so great FBI investigation, blah blah blah. Okay, let's I'm go back. It's a good to, thing for let's the go judge. back to what actually everyone has been saying up until this minute on the Republican side, which is. FBI doesn't even do these kind of investigations. You know, th- this is what we've been hearing. This is what we heard from the president. And, of course, now they are doing this investigation, uh, which just shows that what was being said and wasn't no, true. Wait, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. And that we knew that they did it because they did it with Clarence Thomas. And so, and everyone was saying we don't need the FBI investigation. And now it's like, oh, the FBI investigation is going to be great. I think that the truth is the most important thing. It's not just getting somebody on the court. And I have said all along that I think it's better for Brett Kavanaugh, that when you have this hanging over you, you should want the other person who is allegedly in the room and other people who could exonerate you to be yeah. questioned by the FBI. We, I, yeah. I got to get a break in. Uh, Kirsten Powers, uh, Senator Santorum, Van Jones, thank you very much. It was incredibly dramatic to watch what was going on in the Senate Judiciary Committee today. But What was it like to be in the room when it happened? Judiciary Committee member Senator Richard Blumenthal joins me next. I'm Andy Katz from March Madness 365, and on this edition of our show, I'll be joined by Syracuse's Tyus Battle. I've been just trying to improve all facets of my game, just being able to be more offensive, throwing the ball different ways, shooting the ball, I think that's improved, and uh, just my playmaking ability as well. Subscribe to March Madness 365 now at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Well, a day full of drama on Capitol Hill. The fate of Brett Kavanaugh still very much up in the air after today's sudden about-face by Senator Jeff Flake. And the president, who has now ordered the FBI to conduct an investigation into allegations against Kavanaugh, something he had previously refused to do and said the FBI wasn't interested in, didn't want to do. Joining me now is Senator Richard Blumenthal, member of the Judiciary Committee. Senator Blumenthal, just, I mean, watching everything play out during the hearing today, can you just describe what it was like in the room at the time? I mean, were you aware of exactly what was going on? Well, there were a swirl of conversations, some involving five or eight members of the committee, bipartisan, with Senator Flake and between others of us. And at some point, we went back into the hearing room, and Senator Flake made a statement indicating that he would request a delay in the vote by one week, implying he would vote against it. The nomination if that request were not granted. And of course, he had the backing of other key votes, which we knew. And so the chairman acceded to his authority. And there was almost a sigh of relief because we were heading for a confrontation that really could have enhanced and entrenched the kind of partisan divide that was so bitter and deep in the 24 hours before then. This FBI investigation, uh, it's going to be limited in scope to, quote, current credible allegations. And we just got some reporting that says it will focus on the allegations brought by uh, Christine Blasey Ford, but will also focus on Mark Judge as a possible witness. Is that under your understanding as well? I mean, there are two other women who have come forward. Are are they going to be interviewed? Um, Deborah Ramirez, do you know uh, how many agents are going to be involved in this? The reference is to current credible allegations. In my view, the allegations made by Deborah Ramirez and Julie Swetnick are very credible. They certainly are current. And they have to be investigated as well because they're part of a pattern, uh, an MO. And the Mark Judge subpoena, which I moved, my motion to subpoena him as a witness to our committee was rejected by a party line vote, unfortunately, at the very outset of our 
Judiciary Committee. He is certainly a key witness, and he must be interviewed at length. He said he would cooperate, but only in a confidential interview. It has to be public and sworn. So, but is, so is the scope of the investigation, I mean, is it, is it not settled? Is it, is it entirely up to the FBI? Will you be informed in the coming days what the scope is, or is that just something you'll learn at the end of this week? My view is that the FBI is an organization, an investigative agency of consummate skill and integrity. It will follow the facts and the law and the evidence where it leads them. And I think it has to lead them toward those additional allegations because they are part of that pattern. And I think also we all have to consider the demeanor that Judge Kavanaugh demonstrated at that hearing yesterday, filled with rancor and rage, animus and arrogance. And I think that the kind of temperament is reflective of those allegations as well. It's interesting that, that Mark Judge obviously is, is, I assume, going to be interviewed. Uh, that The reporting was obviously uh, just that. Um, you were questioning Judge Kavanaugh about that yesterday uh, and basically indicating that what Kavanaugh was saying under oath about uh, what uh, Mark Judge had uh, submitted, uh, Judge Kavanaugh kept saying that he had, un- under penalty of perjury, uh, sent a, uh, a, a, an affidavit, essentially, uh, you pointed out it was actually something just written by his attorney. Exactly right, Anderson. It's not an affidavit. It's not a sworn statement. It's a statement that his attorney has submitted, signed by the attorney, not by Mark Judge. He may say it's submitted under penalty of a felony, but it would be very difficult to prosecute perjury for that statement by his attorney. And so the fact that he says he can't recall may change when he actually is under that penalty of perjury. Senator Blumenthal, appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Let's quickly check in with Chris, see what he was working on for Cuomo primetime. Chris? What a day, huh? (laughs) Tell me about it. What a week. Come on. Like just a moment ago, we were sitting on a plane about how You know, we had this all just about figured out now. And look at what happened and unfolded today and the way that it did. So you have two people who really know how this went down, right? Flake and Coons. So we have Coons coming on the show tonight to talk about this. Just last night he was on the show, Anderson, and he was in such a bad place. You know, he was so resigned to this can't get any better. And let's be honest. You know, it's not like there were rainbows and sunshine today, but the idea of these two sides coming together on anything seemed completely impossible when that hearing started this morning. So at least there's something. What does it mean? What is it not? What's likely? What's unlikely? We'll take you through all of it. And I believe that the FBI is going to wind up taking a deeper look than people think right now into whether or not the judge was telling the truth about himself Mm. and his past. And we have a witness on tonight who may be called by the FBI. She's willing to talk. She knew Kavanaugh in college, and she knew one of his accusers. And we have her on as well. Yeah. I look forward to that. Chris, thanks. Uh, Coming up, that's in about eight minutes from now. Coming up next on 360, a look at what some voters thought about the hearings. A group of women in Florida who identifies independence shared their thoughts. Hey, it's Howard Beck, and I've got former NBA champion and current Yes analyst Richard Jefferson on Bleacher Report's The Full 48. For me, winning the championship just validated, you know, me from a standpoint of like, 
All I ever wanted to do was win. All I ever wanted to do was win on a high, high level. And so to get that, then it just made everything feel like it was worth it. The Full 48 is now available on Spotify. And of course, you can always listen and subscribe on the Bleacher Report app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's only the end of an emotional week for many people in the country. And now that there will be an FBI investigation, emotions are sure to run high for the next week as well. Randy Kay spoke with a group of Republican women last week about the Kavanaugh nomination. So we wanted to continue that conversation with a different group, this time six independents in Florida. To vote in the primaries in Florida, you have to register with a party. And so they could vote. Two in this group registered as Republicans, two as Democrats, and two did not vote in the primaries. But again, they all call themselves independents. Here's what they told Randy Kay after watching the hearing yesterday. How many of you thought that Christine Ford sounded credible? I mean, you could hear the emotion coming forth. She was really reliving the trauma and everything that occurred that night. As an independent who leans Republican right now, um, what did you think of Christine Ford's opening statement? I thought the whole situation was a little theatrical. I would think that a person of her caliber would be able to keep it together, if it was natural, to keep it together a little bit better. And Judge Brett Kavanaugh's opening statement? He broke down a little bit. He showed emotion, but he has worked his entire life to get where he has, where he is today. What do you think of his the tone and the energy he's and the so passion? He, he, he seemed angry, angry yeah. and defensive. And I kept th- thinking to myself, why is he yelling? Wouldn't I, you be angry just, if you were him? If you were innocent mm-hmm. and you got put through that, and the, if you, if you in your heart believed you were innocent and you got put through that. Christine Ford's testimony about allegedly hearing Kavanaugh and his friend laugh at her in the bedroom resonated. That was the moment that made me angry. How horrible. Yeah, that that made me... Bone chilling. ...have more compassion for her. And she described being on the bed. She described where the bed was in the room. She talked about where the bathroom was in the room. There were two beds in the room. I think that speaks to her that those memories are coming back, and she was able to to be in touch with those. So the fact that she knew that information, that adds to her credibility. I thought so. There's not a lot of corroboration, so that's why I'm left wondering who's telling the truth, or maybe they're both partial truths. How many of you think that Mark Judge should come and testify before this committee now? But when someone in the group suggested delaying the vote to confirm Kavanaugh, as is now the case... It is who cares who about their a delay. whole entire Wait, life yes, there, to now is. maybe lose their opportunity due to the delay. He could lose the opportunity to you be on what? the Supreme Court it, completely due to the delay. It he doesn't come back and make so it That doesn't matter. Wait a minute. Hold it on. has what nothing to do with being fair. What about her? I'm not saying being, exactly. What if it turns out there's nothing that happened to her and he was delayed and missed his opportunity then to be on the Supreme Court? we as American people deserve the process to know who's lying. Especially when it comes to the Supreme Court. Judge Kavanaugh had a lot of opportunities to call for uh, FBI investigation. If he is innocent and it just seems like the unwillingness is very questionable. All I kept hearing him say is I am here talking now, like I'm telling my story now. And to me, that's not good enough, especially when you have um, Ford continually saying, let's do this FBI investigation. An FBI investigation, in my mind, would have given me more reason to believe him. And what about all the drinking some friends say he did? I testified that he's never that he's never had a blurry night right. and that he's never blacked out. I find that very hard to believe, especially for how That's many times crazy. he said, I like beer. How many of you think that you're ready to say that Judge Brett Kavanaugh should go on and be a Supreme Court justice? Raise your hand. None of you. 
What do you still want to know? I want to know why a potential Supreme Court judge wouldn't use every single tool he has to get to the truth, no matter what it is. Randy Kay, CNN, Sarasota. Great to hear their perspective. It's going to be a busy week uh, next week. A reminder, don't miss Full Circle, our daily interactive newscast on Facebook. You pick some of the stories that we cover. You can see it weeknights at 625 Eastern at Facebook.com slash Anderson Cooper Full Circle. News continues right now. I want to hand it over to Chris. Cuomo Primetime starts now. Chris. Are you ready to learn how to build a better consulting or professional services company? Then download the Liston.io show for the best sales and marketing advice so you can deliver your services to the people who need you the most. On the show, I'll be interviewing the smartest people in the industry to share what they know about building a better consulting business. I'll also give you episodes where I tell you specifically how to sell your services with confidence and how to transform into an influential leader in your industry. Your happy clients probably want to help you. It's too hard for them right now. You're asking them to do too much of the selling that you should be doing. Yeah, it's going to move. It's going to change. It's going to disrupt you at some point in time. Your most loyal clients are your most profitable. Ready to learn how other people are building the consulting company you've always wanted? Download the Liston.io show spelled L-I-S-T-O-N dot I-O wherever you get your podcasts. Before you go, we wanted to let you know that we just launched the ability for anyone to advertise on CNN Podcasts. You're just a few clicks away from reaching millions of people in a way that you never have before. Advertise for a business event or kick off an awareness campaign for your brand. Start today at purewinning.com slash CNN. Integrating podcasts into your marketing mix has never been easier. Go to purewinning.com slash CNN to get started.